Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg, the Prophet Piatelli, and myself recap the most recent week in baseball. We go through all the usual business, hot and cold teams, top players of the week, some Red Sox talk, some Phillies talk, stadium snacks, some great bleacher creatures. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. As always, though, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website, ThunderBlogSports.com. But enjoy this episode, guys. Let us know what you think in the comments. And here we go. And we are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, and joining me after a week off, it is my man, Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Jordy, um, taking days, months, weeks, years off uh, from sports uh, is always a thing that occurs after we lose... uh, after any of our sports teams lose in the championship and the price of winning so much also comes with its, with its negatives. And, and those are that we're always in the hunt and we lose. Um, so for as many wins in the finals, we've had almost as many losses and, uh, some heartbreakers from the Celtics being up and losing to, um, the game that shall not be mentioned to the other game versus <laughs> that was bullshit, to the pass interference call on Rob Gronkowski that wasn't called, um, to Tom Brady throwing for 500 yards and somehow not winning MVP and his, and the offense putting up 50 points. And uh, yeah, I mean, and then well, it wasn't 50. It wasn't 50. It was 38 points. And then as most re- recently, two Bruins losses. 34. Two Bruins. Two Bruins losses. One. Uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks in a shortened season, but still a loss on home ice. And then again, this most recent one again on home ice to a team that uh, not not as skilled and very very dirty, but like goes on, just bruisers. They're just a bruising team, kind of like the Bruins when they won it over Vancouver. Yeah, the Bruins weren't scumbags though, and uh, ooh, shots fired. Uh, weren't we're trying to hurt the other their opponent but um anyway jordy yeah you know how to deal with them you know how to go on a sports hiatus for x amount of time yeah. and uh this is really my my relapse back into sports this here um i'll say this i think your winning percentage in terms of finals in your lifetime is still close to two-thirds i'm sub 500 so you know, life's, life's pretty good in uh, GTP shoes. That's a, Those are Greg's initials for those unaware. And as I said, Jordy, 
being the best, you know, you make it there all the time and you win and you lose. And that's, you know, I, I can't remember the last time that I've been able to go a year without having to watch a finals and be stressed about it or even a Super Bowl, you know, if three straight years. Yeah, I mean, I can. I'm, I'm living it right now. Yeah, I mean, so. it's brutal. It's, been, it's Yeah, it's been it's been 16 months since a finals appearance in Philadelphia. It's a blessing and a curse, honestly. It's been been wild. Anyway, Jordy, yeah. uh, let's get into baseball. Anyway, baseball. <laughs> now that now that hockey's over, all of the, the entire city of Boston is turning to the Red Sox and being like, "What the heck? What? What is going on? What, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> thought we won. I thought I thought we had this wrapped up. What happened? <laughs> I thought we had the same exact team as last year." Uh, <laughs> uh, the Bruins distracted them from seeing that. Uh, well, now they're above 500. They're five games up. So, I mean, yeah, I feel like you can't be, you know, you're nowhere but up from here. Yeah. And, and, uh, playoffs started today. They'd be, they'd be playing the Rays for the wild card. So, yeah. I mean, uh, that'd actually be a fun one game. See that, see two differing styles go head to head, potentially an opener if Blake Snell's isn't available versus say, just this team absolute bombers going at it yeah i was gonna say yeah in the shittiest in the shittiest stadium in america <laughs> I was yeah, the tropicana field not not family park you probably have to go uh with snell on that one though no oh, yeah you'd have to you'd have to i mean you feel like you feel like if you've locked up wild card one i mean this is real real uh good on us talking about a potential theoretical wild card game but you probably rest him you probably don't give him his 33rd start assuming <laughs> the, the rotation goes that way um we're such good theorists greg we are we are yeah. so jordy greg let's get into it hot team in the east uh or hot team in the american league uh for me will be the boston red sox all righty okay Let's talk. Let's do. Let's, let's talk a little. Little Sox talk. In their last, tell me about seven, in their last seven games because we're a week by week podcast. Ooh, they have six right. six wins and one loss. Okay, six wins, one loss, uh, and that loss was in seventeen innings last night to the Minnesota Twins. Last night being Tuesday night, uh, or whenever you listen, but so. Six wins out of the last seven days and one loss in 13 or 17 innings. Um, honestly, this team is finally hitting the ball uh, as we know they could, and, and their, their starting pitching is doing a lot better. The, the issue still remains the closer. They have about 15 blown saves on the year, and everyone's saying, well, why the heck didn't we sign Craig Kimbrell? Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, that's Dombrowski's MO and whatever. But, uh, you know, it's it's that's a lot of blown saves and a lot more wins that they've left out there because if you, let's say, even you get half of those, you're talking about being having 48 wins if you if you do half of that, so you're you're in first place. Um, that's a lot of blown saves. It's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of pressure, not only in the bullpen, but the offense to carry them as much as they have. Um, and the offense has put up the third most amount of runs in, in all of, uh, the American league. So 
Um, only one run behind the Yankees, who was in second. And uh, but yeah, good week for no. them. Good week for the Red Sox. Uh, unfortunately, the bullpen blowing the save had to ruin the seven for seven. But I'll take six out of seven any day of the week. Uh, heading into the rubber match versus the Twins tonight. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you're you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, a number of different guys on the team are, are really starting to really tear the cover off the ball and, and accumulate up home runs, accumulate up doubles. A number of guys that you're seeing slugging percentages at just below, if not above 500, which is that slash line that you want a three, four, five at bat or batting average on base slugging. And yeah, you're right. I mean, the bullpen, I feel like that's, that's the thing that, that, Maybe you make one or one or two moves at the trade deadline, start to see that figure itself out. I feel like Jared and I were talking about this a little bit last week. I feel like we're going to start seeing rumors really start to fly as we hit around right around the fourth of July, and really start to see the trade deadline evolve as almost like a almost as the month of July, since there are no more waiver waiver claims um, or waiver trades, I should say. Hmm. So I, I think it'll be really interesting to see where they go. I don't know what exactly would be the best trade. You could probably answer that better if I, than I could of if it's a prospect or if it's maybe you, you know, try to dish out a role player that that nece- that isn't necessarily doing as well as you may have thought, and maybe try to figure it out that way on a, a little bit of a re- of a on the fly type of situation. But yeah, I mean, I think there's I think that they're going to continue to to figure this thing out because this is exactly what we talked about at the beginning of the year. Um, that they that they couldn't possibly be a, the situation they were. They're now about five five games above five hundred. Um, I think probably too. Once you get through all the all the shit of playing in London and all that stuff, I think you're probably gonna like get settled in and really start making a push. Because um, I, I feel like sorry. What were you saying? You feel like what? I just feel like having that kind of looming around you that we have to figure as this whole thing out. It's something new in baseball. It's not like. It's not like within football where you kind of know, like, all right, we have the London game. We know the situation. We can ask guys around the league. No one really knows the whole really what to think of with this whole thing. So I don't know if that's something that's in their head and they have, you know, divisional games. They have all this stuff. I mean, I I don't know what this what the what the correct answer is on this. But I mean, you know, I think it's I think you're finishing up with the twins tonight. Number one team in the AL central. Then you play the, the you play Toronto at home, which I feel like that and the white Sox. probably you win four of six of that. And you're and you're going right into London, feeling, feeling good. And you, you figure all that stuff out pretty well. So I feel confident on, on the, uh, the Red Sox going forward. Honestly, Jordy, they're got to trade Blake Swihart to get a prospect in, in a closer uh, they, mm-hmm. they traded him already for virtually nothing, and this this closer by committee thing is not working. No, I can and, speak from experience on that as well. Yes, not a not a smart decision, not ideal. And the frustrating part, I think, is they're having this start. They're keeping themselves in a position to come back with all this is happening with uh, Eovaldi being hurt virtually the whole year. Stephen Wright, another one of their starters, starting pitchings, be, pitchers being out all year or being out for the beginning part of the year for something like not injury related, but um, you know, then you had Price with injuries, you had Sale with some injuries and all that, and people, you know, they've been able to get where they are. They are patching together a pitching staff and a starting rotation 
because their offense is so good and dominant. Um, yeah. And then for the bullpen to blow a not they had they had a lead twice. They had the, they had a three one lead going to the ninth, three one lead going to the ninth, and blew that. And then Mookie Betts hit a home run in the thirteenth or fourteenth, and they blew I saw that. that yeah that he had to go ahead go ahead hit and then yeah. and then they blew that, fucked that up yeah. yeah they blew that save and then it went again so yeah, yeah that that's got to be gut-wrenching uh let me ask you this how are people are people starting to really latch on to eduardo rodriguez i mean he's had a couple he's had a string of good starts i mean a couple i'm looking at his stats now a couple that he got a little roughed up on but are people feeling good about him and where where he's going because i mean last start granted only it's against baltimore but you know he's he only let up a run he had a whip of less than one on the game and he's get he's getting more and more strikeouts it seems per start so how do people feel about him yeah, I mean, Erod has—he's always been sort of the Sox next, you know, the top pitching prospect. You know, yeah, yeah. came up at twenty something. You know, he's the Lester, the Buckholz of the world. He's always been that guy. You know, you hear Cora talk about it. You hear about anyone on the team talk about, you know, Erod sort of uh, Rodriguez being having some of the best stuff on the team, um, and he just lacks confidence. Is really what Cora says, and and if he pitches lights out how he knows to pitch, then he's one of the best. Now, I interpret it and in, in seeing it, um, big moments, big time, when he rears back, when he focuses, really unstoppable, has the stuff. Unstoppable when he focuses. The issue is, you know, he's doesn't always have that laser-sharp focus that you need to be a 162-game player, you know. He doesn't always have that edge for every single start um which is hard to do not easy to do so um and who am i to criticize because you know i clearly didn't have it either because i didn't make it anywhere so (laughs) uh, the point being yeah i had to ask because he's starting to it seems like he's really starting to smooth things out and i want was curious kind of how the fans feel about him because you're right he's always had that that air around him so i you know I, i don't know how quick that moves but just had to ask because it's certainly uh, he's got more strikeouts than innings pitched, which I feel like is always a good thing to look at, especially when it's you know June nineteenth and you're you're the second guy in the team behind Chris Sale, which is you know I mean basically first on any other staff at eighty four strikeouts over seventy nine innings pitched. So I, I had to ask and see how 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 the uh, the true fans were feeling from the truest oh, yeah, of true fans. Oh yeah, he's got the stuff. He's always yeah. had the stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, that's my hot team of the week. I know we spent uh, we'll loop it into Red Sox talk, but that's my oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you had to you had to combine it there. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the Yankees would be would be a good pick, but I don't want to do all all AL East teams, so I'm gonna go with the Cleveland Indians on my team. Greg, uh, winners of seven of the last ten games, the Indians are starting to figure it out. Uh, I'll just put it that way. Uh, they've they've you know, obviously been hot and are are ten games back in the the AL central. So it's tough to, you know, say that they're, they're right back in this thing, but Minnesota has been so good as we alluded to with, with everything with the Red Sox. But you know, in the last week they did take two or three from Minnesota, then two or three from the Yankees or not. That's two weeks ago. Excuse me. Uh, they swept the Detroit Tigers um, and they're about to play a rubber match against the Texas Rangers. But Greg, they've scored double digit runs twice in the last week. They had an 8-0 win in Detroit to wrap up that series to complete the sweep. Aside from letting up seven in their only loss since, since the last show to Texas on Monday night, 
I mean, this the the offense has started to figure itself out. The pitching has been great. Their starting staff has been absolutely awesome. And I think they're they're really I mean, this is something that, you, that we kind of expected and, and not necessarily in the same boat as the Red Sox of we thought this was going to going to go. We thought it was going to figure itself out. But, you know, if their offense can continue to catch up to the clip we thought it could be at, you know, we could see a really good race in the AL Central pretty soon, I think. Yeah, and you always you almost want to wonder, sort of wonder, you know, how long can the Twins last? I know their offense has been better than ever and and all that stuff. So you almost wonder if they've the Indians have put what too the much wheels of come off for, for Minnesota starters. That's what I mean. But if, yeah, if Minnesota yeah. put almost too much of a distance for between anyone else in the Central. Um. But yeah, no, that's a great pick, Jordy. They, that's like you know, as you mentioned, we've talked about all the time, and a team that sort of always seems to be in the mix and seems to be there, and just needs to right the ship, and maybe, maybe like maybe this stretch is is just what the doctor ordered. Yeah, and I mean, they're just getting it from across from across the lineup recently, but but. Guys like Carlos Santana, who made his return to Cleveland after a year in Philly. He, I mean, he's had an awesome year. He's batting 285 on base percentage over 400 because the guy just draws walks left and right. He has more walks than strikeouts, and he and he has 50 Ks already. I mean, it's just it's it's good to see that these guys are starting to figure it out because it'd be it would be crazy to see Cleveland on on sort of the outside looking in with the pitching staff that they have and and the offense just wildly underperforming in 2019. Yeah, no, and uh, it's it's interesting times in Cleveland because they feel like they're always going to be that <clears throat> there, but not really there. You know, I don't, I yeah, don't, yeah. they've lost some pieces and they didn't really fill them, right? Yeah. Um, whether it be offensively or even, even pitching staff wise, so. Um. Yeah, good, good choice, Jordy. Uh, National League, yeah. why don't you start us off? All right, for my NL hot team of the week, I'm not going to go with the Braves again, but they would be a, a pretty solid pick. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Uh, winners of six of the last ten, having themselves, you know, a, a grand old time. We'll put it that way. Uh, another team that you. Saw this lineup on paper. You thought they were going to do really well. Started the season off really, really sluggishly. But they come in through last week. They took three or four from the Mets on the road, which, you know, not necessarily the the greatest three of four from, you know, team across the National League, but still a road four-game series, you'd think, might be a little, little crazy to see. But they're putting up runs. Their pitching staff is really locking things down. Uh, they had a shutout win over the Marlins on Monday night at home. They got shut out last night, which is something that, that you know, hopefully is not bucking any sort of trend. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's something where they're only two games above 500. The Brewers and the Cubs are right there. They're only two and a half games back. The Brewers are seven games above 500, but their pitching staff is really leaking. Milwaukee's is St. Louis has starts to tighten it up and, Paul Goldschmidt and other guys that that we thought would have better years start to have the years we expected. This is going to be that three team race that a lot of people were predicting it, and I'd watch out because they could be right there, especially for myself as a Phillies fan. 
for anybody that's a, a fan of a non-Dodgers team in the NL West. Uh, the Cardinals are coming right back into this thing because last week I, I didn't count them out too quickly, but I was saying it's Milwaukee Cubs, Atlanta, Philly for two through five in the NL, and, and St. Louis has basically put me uh, right in my place in the last seven days. Yeah, no, I uh, – good pick, Jordy. Good pick. Uh, I'm not going to touch anything to do with that city. So – I'm going yeah. to go. sorry about that. I was not that was not a uh, meant to be any sort of dig. No, to you. no, no. That was, that was a big time dig. So just for that, I was gonna choose the San Diego Padres, but just for that, I'm going with the Atlanta Braves. Oh, uh, all right. Um, and uh, two weeks in a row, they're in the hot team circle because I had them last week. I listened and I was not gonna pick them for that exact reason, but yeah. Then uh, you, but they deserve it. They are the hottest team in the National League. When you take two out of three from the Phillies, you sweep the Pirates four games straight. You sweep the Marlins three games straight. Um, you know you really, really deserve to be the hot team multiple weeks. Uh, and you overtook the Phillies for first place. And yep, Philadelphia is no longer in first. And uh, you wonder if they have four losses on the month of June, which is an absolutely absurd clip when. Tomorrow is June 20th. Um, I mean, this is a team, though, Greg. You mentioned it. They're just – they are resilient. They came back Friday night against the Phillies, which we'll talk about at Phillies Talk. uh, The 9-8 win there. Uh, They did have a blown – the loss to the Phillies on Saturday was a ninth-inning blown loss or blown save. Uh, But in those games against Pittsburgh, you had comebacks galore. You had Ronald Acuna just tearing the absolute cover off the ball. You have two straight games where you put up double-digit runs, once again, one against the Phils, one against the Mets. Last night, it kind of – everything kind of was the opposite of the last week and a half for them, losing 10-2 to the Mets, which you kind of expected some sort of come-to-earth game. But the rubber match tonight, you expect big things out of it, and they're about to hit the road for a long, long road trip. So this is something that the, if the Braves win and enter a road trip – starting with a, a pivotal division series against the nationals. And then you go to the Cubs and you go back to the Mets. I mean, if depending on how theirs goes, I mean, it's going to be, it's entering July 1st. The Braves could be seven to 10 games up. It could be tied to the Phillies. The Phillies really need to figure their shit out. And we're going to talk about that, but you know, the Braves, the clip they've been running, especially offensively, which is, we, t- we talked about it in our preview is what would these young guys do? And they've, I mean, they've really turned it on. And I don't know if it's something that you have to be concerned of going forward in the, into the second half of the year. Will they continue on that? Cause I think they're proving us wrong on there. And Freddie Freeman, Josh Donaldson's having an awesome year, but Freddie Freeman's having an MVP type clip that I think you called Greg. So all props to you, but guys like Nick Markakis um, continuing yeah, no, to show that. Yeah, no. And I thought this was my hot team of the week. So, I will. Uh, I'm sorry. I I had a lot of thoughts after watching them. Uh, <laughs> watching watching them and the Phillies go toe to toe, and then really spanking the shit out of them on Sunday. I have a lot of thoughts to, <laughs> to speak about Atlanta. No, not at all. No, so I agree. Yeah, I did. I did nail the Freeman thing. Um, but you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. batting leadoff, sort of the Mookie bets, the Jose Altuve role has really year two just been an absolute. Oh yeah. Absolute stud. 301. What did we call him when we didn't notice the Enya? Did we call him Akuna? I'm not sure, but we also I also nailed him as the prophet for the rookie of the year last year. But you did. Neither here nor there. Um, a little big that you're still the prophet. 
<laughs> yes. Um, Inside joke there. Sorry, folks. <laughs> honestly, Jordy, it's the the ERA is somewhat low for their staff, and um, you know, after starting cold, I mean, their pitching staff was not good to start the year. Yeah, I mean, even but yeah, and um, Mike Fulton with Fulton Nevitz, right? Fulton Nevitz. Yeah, Fulton Nevitz. He, he was one of their aces last year. Struggled this year, starting to turn around, and then now they're adding Keuchel to the rotation, um, yep. which comes at a good time because Sean Newcomb just got placed in the D or the in, uh, IL. So uh, yeah, he he got nailed. He was the guy who got nailed with the the comebacker, and now he's getting put on retroactively with the concussion, as you probably would have expected. Yeah, uh, so scary moment in that game. Oh, for sure, it live. Yeah, it was. Sure. So it, I mean, them adding a guy like Keuchel and, and that good of a rotation, just yeah. being that much better, is. Uh, Pretty scary stuff, and, yep. and if I'm, and if I'm uh, anyone else in the East, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little, con- a little worried. Um, Worth mentioning too, Julio Teheran, uh having a really nice bounce back here after kind of a, a weird 2018. He has an opponent's batting average of, of close to the Mendoza line, uh, ERA 340, but I mean ERA at this point, and especially in a, a division like. Like the East, where the Phillies can go off at any time, the Mets can go off at any time, the Nationals even can go off at any time. Uh, it's you know that's, that's I'd say that's pretty solid. Yeah, no, and that's my hot team of the week. Um, yeah. So before we go to cold teams, you did mention mention St. Louis or uh, not St. Louis, San Diego, um, and that would that would have been an awesome pick. Uh, worth noting, them and the Rockies set a major league record for runs in a single series. Uh, absolute slugfest. They are right now getting their into the top of the ninth, kind of concerning. They haven't closed that game out yet, but eight uh, seven they're currently leading. Uh, and last night they put a ton. They put a ton of runs up, so they're really seeing the ball well. Just their pitching staff is just not good, uh, and, and by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so also a, a good a good backup pick by you, Greg. Yeah, no, it was giving me my first pick, but um, you know the audible. I like the I like the audible at the line. Very uh, TB twelve method. Yeah, I mean, I had to. Someone, uh, someone threw some shades. So I had to throw some back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, uh, let's go to cold teams. You want to start in the NL, or do, since we're here, or do you want to go AL first? Um, let's see. I'm gonna let's go NL. Alrighty, I'm gonna go with the Chicago Cubs, who lost six of the last 10 games in the last 10 days, the Cubbies uh, still right in it in the NL central reason for going for them as the cold team uh, is, is just sort of a missed opportunity from them. They've had kind of this up and down week where where they go out to LA, they lose three or four games. They come back, they're facing their crosstown opponent after a road trip where you also out in Colorado and you only pull out two wins there. And you drop this game against the White Sox that you would have thought the Cubs could have pulled out, and they really just weren't seeing the ball well. And I think that's it's a little bit concerning when when over the last seven days or that they've put up they put up a 10 run spot against uh against Colorado. But every other game Every other game of the week, five runs is the highest you put up. A 2-1 win is your only other win on the week in L.A. Um, offensively, I think that's where the Cubs live and breathe. Last night, you only amassed six hits, 
and that one run being a Kyle Schwarber first inning home run. Um, they also have some bullpen troubles as well. So I think, I think they, they will be active on the trade deadline, but it's something where the Cubbies they're in the, they're getting ready for about a 10 game homestand. Uh, they have the Mets coming in for a four game set starting tomorrow. Then they have the Braves coming in. We mentioned that before when we were talking about Atlanta. Uh, so this is a, a pivotal time where they have these home games, friendly confines of Wrigley. You expect to see them win, win some of these games, especially against the White Sox, where their offense should be performing. So it'll be the Mets series, probably more so than Atlanta. Atlanta should be good. But the Mets series might be a good crux of where we might be seeing the Cubs going into July. Yeah, Jordy, um, it's a good pick. And it's, it's especially in a division that's so tight and with only eight games separating the top from the bottom from all five teams in the division, um, any sort of lull, any sort of any sort of negative stretch, really, um, maybe not put you out of it, but certainly makes the hill that much higher to climb or that much harder yeah. to climb. Um, great pick. I'm gonna save my cold team because it's the Phillies, so we're gonna save it for cold talk. Okay, all right. Um, little retroactive retribution towards you. Um, hey, I mean, I, I would agree with the Phillies. If I, I don't like to pick Philly for teams or for players just because we talk about them enough anyway that would be that's a great pick as well because the phillies certainly uh there's a lot that we should be talking about uh the only thing that i would argue is that they of picking a, another team is that the phillies also because they were rained out so much against washington they've only played four games yeah. since the last show um but including one today they finally stopped raining in washington but that's a good pick there we'll talk about the phillies in a few minutes let's go over to the al i'll start with you Thanks, Jordy. Um, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the the pick. Yeah, I mean, with the Red Sox playing hotter than ever, and the Yankees only getting even more offense with their recent acquisitions and beyond Juan Carlo coming back, all that stuff. Now is not the time for the Rays uh, bats as well as um, pitching to sort of lose its magic and luster, if you will. Um, that being said, they got swept by the Yankees, uh, let up a cycle in two out of three versus the Angels, yep, and then uh, lost two out of three of the Athletics. So it's been a, a historic uh, cycle, too. Yeah. First well, ever you, by a Japanese-born player in Shohei. Shohei, the guy who's, who's had Tommy John and wasn't even supposed to play this year, but because he can do both bat and pitch, guess what? He's yep. back. So, um mm-hmm. Now is not the time, certainly, and and Snell, their ace, ends up getting pulled, uh, not even one out into into uh, into his start versus the Yankees, his most recent start. So, as I mentioned, yep. now is not the time. As with the Red Sox and Yankees both heating up, uh, especially the Yankees, really starting to pull away from everyone and adding in Encarnacion. And that little little league field that they have, uh, just going to mash even more home runs. Judge getting healthy too, yeah. yeah. And Juan Carlos getting healthy. They might break the the record they, for home runs they broke last year, but you yeah, know, they didn't help them win the World Series. So you never know. But for the Rays, um, I'd be more worried about the Red Sox at this point, despite owning the Red Sox this uh, this to this point in the season. But um, it has to be the Rays for me. 
Yeah, and, and it's worth noting, too, they go out to Oakland. Oakland would have been a, a, a sleeper pick for hot team of the week. Um, that's going to be a tough series for them, especially because Snell probably won't start in that series, right? He started today. Um, and you mentioned he got pulled with only one out in. I'm just pulling up the box score now. Um, so he probably won't start. You think they're going to try maybe an opener strategy. You'll see how that works against them and how all that's going to happen. Then they go to Minnesota. Uh, so just a really tough stretch of seven road games. So we'll see how this all goes. I mean, I think seeing them against teams in the East, you mentioned it, they, they've played well against the Red Sox, but the Red Sox are trending upward. Tampa Bay, I mean, there's still eight games above 500. And I, I, I would expect to see them still finish the season above 500. Rays watch 2019 uh, is in effect, I think still, but. This is a mo- this is a, an interesting moment if you're a Rays fan to look out for because this could be something where we see two and three flop and if the Yankees health John Carlo goes over over four last night so if he doesn't really mesh in right away the Red Sox could storm their way make the AL East a, a chase but Tampa Bay on the road that's concerning there. Yeah, no, and and I mean, you you said it best. Uh, the Red Sox could make a charge, and the Yankees don't look like they're conceding anything anytime soon. So no, no. and it's, it's uh, worth learning too. Uh, so just to mention the Yankees uh, milestone: CC's Bathia won his two hundred fiftieth game earlier this week against Tampa. Uh, so good on him. That's awesome, especially after all the concerns of of him with the the alcoholism and all that stuff. So good on him to accomplish a uh, a milestone like that. I feel like we don't really hear a lot of those a lot of guys get to that that point anymore. So I mean, good with him. alcoholism. You can't just slander a guy's name without giving any backstory. Wasn't it alcoholism that he, he had to go he he the, shut himself down a couple years ago? The first thing on Twitter is going to be going to be Thunderblog bashes cc and and no 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 i'm taking to the woodshed here whoa 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 whoa, whoa. it was not me he went viral he wasn't that why he should wouldn't didn't he shut himself down in 2015 because of because of alcoholism honestly jordy the second he the second he left the brewers and joined the scumbag team in in uh new york i i honestly stopped uh, paying attention to him you mean his his hot his hot moment in milwaukee (laughs) his uh Ended with a Shane Victorino Grand Slam in the in the NLDS in two thousand eight. After he got Not traded, you're welcome. I teach you up for that one. Yeah, after he got traded and uh, you know, pitch his arm out. Anyway, um, yeah, he pitched what like four starts in twelve days or something like that. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, uh, let's do the Phillies. Yeah, let's do Phillies talk. Yeah, so I mentioned it. Not a lot of Phillies games to discuss, but. A couple pivotal ones. Only been four since the last show, Thursday night. Um, Mentioned it when we were talking about the Braves. Friday night, the Phillies blew a five-run lead that they had in the seventh inning to fall to Atlanta 9-8. I believe my friend Matt Adams got a good video of me getting very upset about it at the bar Friday night. Uh, It's a game the Phillies let slip through their fingers. I think the baseball gods... Gifted them the win Saturday night where they came back with a two-run Cesar Hernandez hit. Um, and then Sunday they got absolutely blown out by Atlanta, losing 15-1. to uh, Monday and Tuesday night were rained out for the Phils and the Washington Nationals. Earlier today, Wednesday afternoon, they fell 
six two to the Nats. They are pit, they are currently starting the nightcap of the day night doubleheader. Um, Greg, the the real storyline on this: a Scott Kingery remains hot. B injuries are really hitting the Phillies left and right because Jay Bruce scary moment. He left Saturday's game hamstring injury. He's in the lineup tonight, so he did not hit the DL. JT Romuto hit a foul ball off his foot. He was out of the lineup Sunday and returned to the lineup. I believe he's returned to the lineup. I have to check the Phillies uh, starting lineups tonight. So you're starting to see some injuries here, some injuries there, but you're starting to also see guys get healthy. Roman Quinn, a guy you and I talked about a lot for the brief stint that he was healthy last year, has returned to the Phillies lineup. He's playing center field. Scott Kingery moves over to third base. The versatile infielder, he was a career minor league or for as long as he was in the minors, second baseman, uh, started to really hit it well. But now you have potentially one of the fastest guys be on the Phillies, play center field for him. So a natural center fielder. Um, if they can get healthier and start to figure some of their stuff out with the guys in the back end of the bullpen who have been banged up, we talked about a little bit, the, the closer by committee, which has just been Gabe the Babe's mantra, has you know not really panned out, but health in the in a lot of the pitching arms of the concern as well as the fact that they do not have a fifth starter they've gone through three different guys all of whom were the first three pitchers when they tried an opening strategy on Sunday in the 15 to 15-1 loss to Atlanta um and the fact that Atlanta picked up Dallas Keuchel stings a little bit but you know we'll see how that all that goes there's a lot to digest with the Phillies right now and in sort of a uh, an interesting moment in in the 2019 season. Yeah, Jordy, and and to me, I feel like this Phillies team, with all the hype and all everything coming into the year, injuries notwithstanding, they always were they always lacked depth. Yep. Right, and and they were always going to need to have more from. It's why they traded for Jay Bruce. Yeah, exactly. And they're always yeah. going to need to have more than just their their starters do something and their bench players and all this stuff. And, and I mean, you could argue that it gave the babes fall for playing McCutcheon so much in the beginning of the year because that was a waste of time. And Yeah, I mean, the, the argument, though, think about it this way. The other outfielders they had on the team were Aaron Altair, who they put on waivers and has since gone to San Francisco. Then it was Nick Williams, who was currently batting 173. So, and granted, he's also a very quick batter. Would have been great. McCutcheon, though, I mean, he started off the season hot. He obviously led the year off with a home run. Uh, and he's a great, great fielder. Probably a little bit better than Nick Williams, especially in left field where they were playing McCutcheon mostly. Uh, Nick Williams plays a lot of right field, which his job was taken by signing Bryce Harper. So I don't argue, I'm not arguing against playing McCutcheon as much as you did. Maybe try to platoon him with, with Williams. But the problem with Nick Williams is that you can only really bat him against righty starters. So McCutcheon just had a little more versatility behind the plate. And you saw that he was batting 250 and was on base three, you know, at 378. And that's a pretty nice clip. And, you know, it's a bummer, huge bummer that he got hurt when he did. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say he got overplayed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like they had guys last year who were much – who did well. Their outfielders were, were you know – Well, one of the outfielders is 
on the administrative leave and may never play another game for the Phillies. And if uh, the evidence behind him is true, but at the time that wasn't he, that wasn't the case. Sure. He also though, before all that shit was batting 222, only had one homer and 16 ribbies. So it's not like he, it's not like he was the, you know, him doing, doing the stuff that the evidence is showing was the reason why the Phillies offense felt shit. Yeah, no, he was I, underperforming I, at the time, and and he was at the end of last year too with the lack of hustle. So D, okay, so big fix outside of lack of depth. I mean, it's not bullpen. I mean, it's health. I mean, it's it is. Oh, it's definitely bullpen too. Oh, but like um, at the same time, you know, let's say they have they have two starters, maybe three. You could argue who are decent. They have four starters. They have they have Aaron Nola, Eflin, Arietta. And Pavetta, who's looked better since he came back up, but then you have Velasquez, Ikoff, and Cole Irvin, who have been these, who have all been the fifth starter. Velasquez certainly belongs in the bullpen. Ikoff should be a starter, but he's been terrible and is and is hurt right now. He's back on the DL or the IL. Um, so, so like, so like I said, you have one, or you have two to three starters max, um, and. Lack of depth there. Lack of depth in the bullpen besides Sir Anthony. And uh, I mean, Sir Anthony's been been not so great this year too, and he's hurt. So <laughs> it's just any big name that you're throwing out there. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but it's him, oh. David Robertson, who's your big your big money your big money bullpen guy. Uh, Tommy Hunter's apparently starting a rehab assignment. So it, so are a number of other guys and hopefully they they look good when they come back hopefully they're fully healthy because nothing would make me happier to see pat nishak your favorite guy with the submarine arm be outstanding because that's what the phillies need i mean they, yeah, they should have locked up friday and adam morgan adam morgan has been pitching really well and he's hurt <laughs> that's what i'm saying is like you're, you're yeah. It's just there's a lot of injuries, and, and I'm sure once they're healthy, it's all going to be fine. And it's not time to hit the panic button by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but in, the injury bug has struck the Philadelphia Phillies hard. Hmm. I'll just say that. And I'm not else? saying that's the reason why they're cold. Their offense should be way better than they have been, especially in the month of June. I mean, you can't be – you put up three runs in your last games compared to – your last two games comparatively to 21 runs allowed. And aside from Friday night where you put up the, the amount of runs that you do and and with, you know, a bullpen loss notwithstanding. But think about it this way. They have a home – they have a homestand against, against the Reds and the Diamondbacks. Four runs, four runs, three runs, eight runs. That I mean, aside from a shitty pitching night, that's a win. Seven and zero. I mean, that's the offense. The offense needs to step up. I think that's probably the biggest thing to look at and hope for because the bigger names, I mean, once they start to get hot, I think it's going to start to help fix itself. But the offense, and it's not just Bryce Harper. It's not just Real Muto when he's healthy. It's not just Reese Hoskins. It's everybody because these were guys at the beginning of the year when they were clicking that top to bottom, they were looking good. And now the, the bottom of the order is not what it was on, on April 1st, but it's, you know, you could still argue that these guys can get it done and, and figure this thing out. Yeah. I mean, who first baseman, who would, be, who would you rather have Hosmer or Reese? Hosmer or Reese. Mm-hmm. I mean, for 
for right now or for for the long t- the the long haul? Because I, I think I'd go Reese either way. I think he's for a little bit better season. of a fielder, but Hosmer's power numbers have been better than Reese so far. For this I think season. Reese at his best is is better for this season. Yeah, I think Reese at his best is better. Hosmer's been outperforming him though. Okay. I love Reese Hoskins, so you can't make me pick an answer. <laughs> that's not objective. That's subjective. <laughs> no, I was, just, I was just curious. Yeah. Um, right. And Real Muto was in the was in the lineup today, so he's back. He's back healthy as well. I uh, had said I was going to check that, but I mean, Cesar Hernandez. He went two for four today. Roman Quinn, zero oh for four uh, to start the to uh, for today. So. Or on in, in today's afternoon game, but I mean, w- we're gonna see how this all goes. I mean, when Sean Rodriguez is floating between third base, left field, sometimes center field, and he's a guy that was supposed to be this this end of the bench guy, uh, and at the beginning of the year wasn't even on the team. You know, we're just really seeing it there. I mean, Adam Hazley, uh, who was supposed to be one of their top outfield prospects, you were talking about that before. He's been hurt for a bit. And hopefully is starting to get healthy because he was great for the three days that he was up with the team. Uh, really shitty start to your career when you see that happen. So I mean, it's health and a lack of offense are probably the two two big storylines. I would not forget about the bullpen issues because those certainly need to fix themselves as well. But yeah, it's a it's an intriguing time if you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan like myself, Greg. I'm so over talking about the Phillies. Let's go to players. <laughs> Let's do it. Hot player of the week, NL or AL, Greg? Where do you want to start? Um, let's get out of the Amer- let's get out of the National League. Let's go to the American League. All right. You want to start? Or do you want me to? I can start. All right. Who you got? <sighs> Whit Merrifield. Damn it, the City Royals. Damn it, love this guy, and I'm glad you picked him. What a week for him. Thank you, Jordy. Uh, Break it down. Nine runs scored, three home runs, 10 RBIs, two stolen bases, and a 419 batting average, 13 for 31. Um, for a Kansas City team that basement, but having a great week, and at this point, playing for pride, might have played themselves out of the playoffs, but definitely in the basement, playing for pride. But he uh, certainly, by all means, had a great, great week. Do you think this is a guy we're going to start hearing his name floating around in terms of trade, trade talk? It might be. They, yeah, uh, I mean, he's 30. He's had a couple good years behind him now. Uh, he's a stolen base threat. He doesn't strike out a ton, although this year it's it's a lot more than than the clips he has been on before or uh, than he has been on in the past. Um, actually, scratch that. I'm looking at his career in reverse. He had over 100 last year. But still, he gets on base a ton. He... He gets RBIs. He's on a he's on a pace right now to out RBI himself. Not a career year, but he's on a he's on pace for twenty homers, which you'll still take over thirty over thirty doubles. He's on pace for over a hundred runs scored, which would be a career high for him. Uh, I would think any team in, in an over three hundred batting average. I think any team would be happy to get this guy on their on their squad. Um, I don't know what you necessarily need to trade to Kansas City to get that job done, but if you're looking for a guy up the middle or in the outfield, this guy can play that too. I think it's a good it's a good call. Are you surprised that he is fifth amongst American League second basemen right now for All Star voting? Uh, no, because he plays in Kansas City, so his name's not really out there. Hmm. Who are the other four in front of him? 
Tommy Lestella from the Angels. Jose Altuve. Understandable. He's had an awesome year. Jose Altuve, big name, although he's been hurt for a while. DJ but still Le understandable. DJ LeMayu. Jonathan Sh Yeah, okay. That's a Yankee player, so he's going to be up there. And he's also having a good year. Jonathan Scoop, Scope. Also, yeah, and he's having a great year, too. So, I mean, all, all of those, comparatively to a guy who plays for Kansas City, it makes sense. Who among the Phillies would you think is besides? Does it still Cesar Hernandez? Besides, I have not looked. I have not looked at the at Phillies rankings, but is it still Cesar? No, but he's he's fifth among second basemen. But who would you argue, in your opinion, Bryce Harper notwithstanding, who um, Gene Phillies, Segura? He has the best chance. You think? Uh, to make oh to make the team I'm sorry I thought you meant who's the most deserving no um, who's like the high who's in first to start or just to make the team in general start ooh that's a good question um just so we're clear Bryce Harper is tenth among yeah he yeah Bryce Harper isn't starting not no. I mean there's a lot of good outfielders in the NL this year um. Mookie Betts is fifth, which is bullshit. I'd say either Real Muto or, or Segura. Um, so Segura, we just mentioned Real Muto. You hate to see it. Fourth. I'm yeah, like, he's not. Yeah, he's he's just on the outside looking in. I knew that. I just you said who has the best shot to start. Um, mm, mm. So I had to go that way. Good call. Um, yeah. Reese sixth among first basemen. Sorry, who's yeah, your player of the week? American League. What do you got? Uh, my hot player. I'm gonna go with Jake Bowers, the Cleveland Indians. Um, yeah, this guy having himself a week, buddy. Uh, he is batting four sixty two. That's twelve home or twelve hits over twenty six at bats. Four runs scored. Couple homers. Five ribbies. Um, really coming onto the scene well with a Cleveland team we were talking about. That's just that's having himself a week, and I think he's he's building himself up pretty well. He was batting pretty low through uh, to start the year, like much of the Cleveland Indians were. Um, but earlier this week, a week ago, he was batting two oh nine. He's brought that all the way up to two thirty six. That is a twenty seven point increase. Big math guy here. <laughs> um, and now slugging over 400. So, I mean, he's, he's slowly but surely bringing, bringing himself up, and I think the Indians got to be happy with that. Got to be happy with how their team is doing, like we mentioned. Um, so so good on him. It's his second year in the league. He played for the Rays last year, batted 201. So this is the guy the Indians got for cheap, and he's close to surp to surpassing his home run t count from last year. He had 11 and 48 ribbies. He's got nine already on this year, 27 ribbies. Uh, so good for Bowers, not to be confused with their pitcher, Trevor Bauer. Um, and, you know, if that, if he's the the spark that gets it going for him, that's a, that's a nice little sign because Lindor, Ramirez, all these different guys could could really start to pop for the, uh, the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, no, I like it. Good choice. Um, nationally, I'll let you go first since I went first American League. All right. So I'm going to go with Charlie Blackman, who's batting 576, 19 for 33 in the last week, 11 runs scored, four homers, 10 RBI. Um, 
And he did not walk at all, which is a little surprising to see out of this guy. But he's seeing the ball really well. Only four, only four strikeouts, a triple, a couple doubles in there. Uh, Colorado, we mentioned with San Diego, had an awesome series where they set the major league record for runs in a single series. So good for Blackman. Good for Colorado. It's a team that we were hoping to talk about more as this year has gone on. They they are not firmly, but they've put themselves into second place. In the NL West, and just like with with uh, St. Louis, have put themselves in a position in the wild card conversation. Right now, they're only a game behind the Phillies for wild card two. Um, and yeah, I mean they're they're they are doing great considering that they're in a division with the Dodgers. Their runs against not awesome, but their offense is really clicking. And Blackman, like a lot of other guys on that team, is uh, helping to lead the way with it, like a Trevor Story, if, uh, but. Blackman, got to be your pick. Yeah, great pick. I was going to choose him as well if you did not. Um, yep. Instead, I'm going to go controversial. I'm going with Manny Machado. All right. And we can talk about his suspension too. That's yeah, a I mean, great, great synergy, Greg. Thank you, Jordy. The suspension notwithstanding, uh, batted 500 this week, last seven days, nine RBIs, four home runs, 13 runs scored in seven days. I mean – have yourself a week and your top of the news stories because you got yourself suspended. And uh, normally it's playing versus Red Sox and Yankees, but now he's out West. He has to do something crazy to, uh, to, to get his name in the paper. And what happened? What does he do, Jordy? He goes oh, out. I was going to have you. Yeah. It's break down the suspension and, and what happened. He goes out and pisses off all, all and any umpires in, in, in the world. And, uh, so he he got upset about balls and strikes. Threw his helmet. Helmet hit the ground. Hit the umpire. You know he, as players do, up in the umpire's faces. Blah blah blah. Continue to yell at them from the from the dugout. Nothing new from Machado. He's one of those guys uh, always complaining. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. Um, you know he's he, he's always good, been good that little way. old school quote there. Yeah, thank you. He's always been that way. He's always been a little, but. When when you have the entire umpire um, umpires union uh, basically, you know, coming out to to defend their brethren and and really say this guy shouldn't doesn't belong anywhere in the game, uh, really not the best look. So uh, did I miss something, Jordy? No. Yeah. I mean, uh, the umpires are very upset that he only got a game. Uh, their union really trying to get get into the forefront of this. Talk a little bit more about respect for umpires. Uh, and, and you know what? I mean, like when you're throwing a fit like that, you mentioned that this this isn't a first time occurrence. He's a repeat offender of. I don't think he controls the way that his helmet bounces, but he's a repeat offender of kind of doing these these slimy little things. You mentioned the fits. There's obviously the cleating that he's been caught doing a number of different times. Um, I mean, you'd think that Major League Baseball would kind of step in and tell them. Granted, granted, he's a big name, but you know he went to San Diego, and it's a team who, granted, they've been really hot. But you gotta, you gotta put your foot down somewhere and set a precedent. Tell them we can't have this behavior. If you're going to be this big name and this big role model to kids, we can't have you flipping out and throwing helmets, throwing bats, doing any of this shit, especially the cleaning, which we haven't seen at all this year, but. Obviously, there was Game 7 last year, the reason Greg hates him with all the stuff with Pedroia. Um, I, I'm surprised it was only a game. I don't know if it's something where baseball thinks that if they get him back in the lineup quicker, that that 
you know, you're putting more eyes on uh, trying to put more eyes on West Coast baseball. I, I don't know what the thought process was, but you know, I thought it should have been maybe two or three. Get them out for a get them out for a series and and really put an impact on them. I mean, it's so tough because you know, trying to relate it to other sports, you know, it's it's the it's the um, I don't want to say Brad Marchand because Marchand isn't a dickhead to refs. It's you yeah, know, he just he just trolls other players. Yeah. What? Um, who was it that checked the the that checked the 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 ref uh, and got suspended yeah. for like ten games? Yeah, remember that? The, yeah, it was a defenseman. It wasn't Dennis. What was it? Chris Weidman? Might have been. Yeah. Yeah. But still, that's in an eighty-two game series. Eighty-two game season. That's over ten percent of the year. I mean. I'm not saying this guy should get suspended for 20 games because he didn't actually injure anybody, right. but you know, still one game in a 162 game season, you, know, you always talk about the four games for fo- for football or, you know, two games or whatever it is and, and different suspensions. We don't need to jump into that of why uh, or make any sort of comparisons, but one game over 162, that's, that's less than half a percentage point or it's close to it. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like it should have been more, but Great pick there. Uh, he did. He deserved his. You know the stats speak for themselves. But let's go over Roy Hobbs pitcher of the week. Greg, we'll start in the NL. Who do you got for yours? Last seven days, best pitcher. Uh, I mean, Jordan Yamamoto from the Miami Marlins. Jordy, yes, Surprise. first two starts ever in the last seven days. Yeah, rookie, right? Yep, rookie. Yeah. Uh, Unreal. 14-inning pitch in two games, two wins, 12 strikeouts, zero earned runs with a .64 whip. Uh, I mean, they're a team that builds prospects. got deals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A team that has built prospects and and prospects on top of prospects, and maybe Jeter knows what he's doing, but it's – it's good for him. Great week. And I think, uh, I mean, I don't want to put the car before the horse, but what could have been if, if, wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's from Hawaii, which is even cooler. Yeah. It is. It's a really cool story. Seeing him as first two starts, absolutely dealing. Uh, awesome start last night in, in St. Louis for him where uh, the Marlins won five, uh, six, nothing. I think we were talking about before. So, um, great pick. Is, I'm gonna go. Is, is, was did he play on any of those uh, the League World Series teams? Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a good question. You want to research that while I give my my pick? Sure. All right, I'm gonna go with Cole Hamels, Chicago Cubs, one and zero in the last week. 14 innings pitched, three uh, not three uh, three walks, 17 strikeouts, uh, only one run earned. Uh, so he he got a no decision in one of his starts there, um, but just a good week out, out of him. And the Cubbies, we talked about it. Their their starting staff has been up and down, but Hamels has really been this this under the radar pick, I think, of guys that they've acquired. And he's been nothing but stellar for the Cubs, and he's continued that into 2019. A little bit of a slow start, like any Cubs pitcher had. Uh, we talked about it a lot right at the beginning of the season, but you know, gotta go, gotta go with Cole Hamels. Degrom could have been another good pick as well, but he had himself a little bit of a rough week. 
he did he did have 18 strikeouts, but uh, I'm gonna go with Hamels for my pick. I like it, Jordy. Um, I feel like honorable mention Homer Bay. Oh no, sorry, that's American League. Uh, yeah, he's American League. He's long time Cincinnati Red though, so understandable. Yeah, honorable. Yeah, okay, perfect. Um, yeah, Zach Greinke also threw a, a great game this week. But anyway, yep. Um, a good honorable mention of a bullpen guy would be Kirby Yates, who had three saves. Um, one he came in that was non-save situation. He let up a run. But six strikeouts over four innings, got to love it there. Um, if you have a bullpen guy in the National League, I, I will save another honorable mention as well. I mean, it, it's tough because a guy like Will Smith, four star, four innings pitch, four mm-hmm. saves, seven Ks. Will Smith from San Francisco Giants. But, uh, yep. you know, he also gave up runs. So for me – to be, yeah, he let up a homer, but he still got the save. He still converted it. To be the best pitcher, to me, you have to really be uh, ERA, strikeouts, all that. Um, and Yeah, it throws you off a little bit because you see the 2.25. But you got – same with Kirby Yates. They both just let up one home run, which is why I let it slide. Yates had the lower whip, so that's why I went with him over Will Smith. Yeah, I mean, I get it. My standards are better than yours. I get it. I get it. Um yeah, no, I mean, if you want to see your other honorable mention, I'm good to go for uh, American. For AL? Yeah. Yeah, give it to me. Weird. Um, I do have an I do have an AL bullpen guy. Uh, Matt Barnes from the Boston Red Sox. Four innings pitch, one win, nine strikeouts, two holds, zero earned runs. Um, great week from him from a team that's streaking in the right direction. Um, could have gone with so many other people, and I, and I'll give out some other honorable mentions moving forward. But for me, Matt Barnes, uh, bullpen guy, but also pitcher of the week. Yeah, I'm gonna go for an AL bullpen guy. I'm gonna go with Joe Jimenez from uh, the Tigers. Three start or three appearances, two holds. Uh, he was scoreless over his three innings, Greg. So it qualifies on the Greg scale. Um, a whip of 0.67. He only let up one hit uh, of the 10 batters, he, or the 10 batters, or 11 actually, but 10 at bats because he walked a guy. Uh, so opponent's batting average of, of 100. Uh, but my my starter that I'm going to go with in the AL, I am taking, I just had him, where was he? Jose Barrios of the Minnesota Twins. He actually went O. In one in a week that he let up two runs, uh, kind of a crazy week for him. Fourteen point two innings pitched, uh, still a sub one whip. He let up twelve hits and struck and uh, walked two guys. But you mentioned the one one run, two earned run or one home run, two earned runs. Um, kind of a weird week for him, and and seeing the zero one one on the record. But he's doing everything he can. Minnesota a little you know a little bit streaky on their offense on an offense that's normally good. I love it. Uh, I'm going Homer Bailey, Kansas City Royals. Yeah, great pick. That's my uh, he's my honorable mention. My number one pitcher of the week was Matt Barnes from the Red Sox, as mentioned. Homer, ba- Homer Bailey, 13.2 innings pitch, two wins, two starts, 12 Ks, zero earned runs. Uh, unreal week from him. Good for him. And uh, Trevor Bauer, complete game, eight Ks, zero earned runs. Another honorable mention. I believe Trevor Bauer's first ever complete game shutout. Oh. Did not know that. Yeah. 
All right, well, Greg, let's move over. Fan favorite segments, some stadium snacks. Do you have any stadium snacks for us? Um, trying to think of what I did. Uh, see if I've gotten any games recently. I'll give you mine quick while you uh, you rack your brain. Uh, SeatGeek released a stadium guide in terms of rankings, and Citizens Bank Park came in at number two for food. Uh, so props to, to CBP. Uh, we talk about all their food a lot, uh, a lot of different variety, very vegan friendly too. So uh, very inclusive that way. Um, so very excited. Doing tr- the, the Phillies are hosting the Marlins this week. We didn't mention that in Phillies talk. So potentially try to get, try to get a solid uh, recommendation for you guys for next week, but had to talk about it a little bit, a little bit there. Uh, had to, had to uh, pump my own tires a little bit. And then I, I have another one, but I'll let you go with yours. Cause mine's a little bit of a hybrid of a bleacher creature and a stadium snack. All right. Awesome. Um, so this was what they did last night uh, in watching the Red Sox. You know, you go 17 innings, they run out of things to talk about. Sideline reporter found this and reported on this and thought this was news and noteworthy. The Minnesota Twins have a peanut butter and bacon sandwich. Ooh. Peanut butter and bacon sandwich. Peanut butter and bacon is a great sandwich. On a toasty sour, toasted sourdough bread. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, I mean, it. I haven't eaten dinner yet. This is. Uh, I yeah, have to cut. This. You might have to call this thing early, Craig. I know, right? The, uh, early for us. Uh, you know, they call it. You know, the announcers were back and forth on it on, on obviously on Nessim, but uh, I thought it sounded good. And if I ever go to Minnesota, unlikely. But if I ever go to Minnesota, you ever had it before? Uh, Never had a PB and B. Um, I honestly can say I don't think I have. Honestly. Yeah. Huh. Got to try it. Uh, so Greg, I don't know if you saw this. It was all over the internets this weekend, but there was a guy at a, I believe it was a minor league game, uh, with an industrial jar of mayonnaise. So this is a hybrid stadium snack and bleacher creature. Cause he was doing it in the outfield. Uh, and he's just standing up, living his best life. Great tank top, uh, ultimate farmer tan. If I've ever seen one and he's just chowing down on mayo in, uh, in his outfield seat. So, Greg, what are your thoughts on mayonnaise, just mayonnaise in general and in, in, and at a baseball game and uh, the style of this guy because he was just living his life? I mean, I personally have been known to put mayonnaise on sandwiches and et cetera, and I don't mind it at all, no. but I can never imagine just eating straight by itself. By itself. In the sun. I'm hoping that I'm hoping it's one of two things. One, it's a Dwight Schrute situation, whereas he's got a bunker somewhere. He's got to eat all this stuff before it, you know, before it fades and all that. Uh, I hope so too, because it's a giant jar of mayonnaise. Yeah, that's 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 my one or two. Uh, I'll throw back to the office there, but number two, I would hope it is not not mayonnaise and maybe it's ice cream and he's put it in there to get on put it in a mayo jar. Yeah. The best part about the video is there's a little girl in the background. This guy's just on TV and this little girl is just waving the whole time. She's happy. This guy is happy. So at least there's some sort of a happy story out of this thing. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a crazy story, but that takes us right into bleacher creatures. You have, do you have one? Um, 
I mean, there was the the guy who got the baseball with one hand and and chugged the beer, chugged beer with the other. But uh, I don't know if you saw this completely different sport. Um, somewhere in tennis match, a guy serving loses his racket. The other player volleys it to him, and the guy who served her initially lost his racket. Fields it like a soccer player off the chest, down to his feet, kicks it up a couple times, and then kicks it over the net. And the other guy, the other player, then does the same thing off the head, dribble, dribble, kicks it over, and then uh, the original guy tries a bicycle kick and ends up missing it. But it was it went on for a couple, three or four volleys, serves, all that stuff, or three or four different five times over the net until eventually the bicycle kick failed. But it it uh, it was pretty funny, pretty pretty good moment. It's all over uh, the social medias if you if you don't know. Interesting. All right, so my other one i got uh player player bleacher creature but it's royals catcher martin maldonado wore a tie over his catcher's equipment on father's day sorry repeat it he wore a tie over his catcher's over his chest protector so he's got a loose tie ah. flapping around yep. that's kind of interesting i figured that'd be like yeah. some i figured that'd be against a, like a code violation or something but i guess not uh, yeah, interesting. Someone had a good tweet about about that of of if this is the NFL, he'd be suspended or fined fined a million dollars. Uh, so there's some, there's some good banter on Twitter uh, in light of this. A lot yeah. of it was aimed at Roger Goodell, which <laughs> I feel like you would uh, appreciate. Yeah, not surprising. Yeah, not surprising. Uh, anything else we missed uh, in the world of baseball? I do have one that I just that just popped up. Uh, but anything, uh, any of uh, you think we missed? I mean, the David Ortiz saga. Oh yeah, he's he's been moved. To, his status is now good, right? Yeah, but uh, you know all the rumors out there from, you know they they range from he was involved in some love triangle with a drug lord oh, in Dominican to uh, he wasn't the actual target. It was one of his buddies who's involved with the drug lord and not him. Really? And so it's the rumors are swirling. Uh, and ironically enough, the person who keeps giving updates is his wife. So if it is a, a fair related thing, then yeah, it's ooh, a little crazy. awkward, but um, recover to him Ortiz. the thing that frustrates me is everyone, you know, they're, they, uh, you know, they did like moment of silence and all this other nonsense at Fenway. And it's like, he's not dead. Yeah. I understand it's critical condition and all that. And prayers, hundred percent prayers to him. And Dave Ortiz meant so much to the city and means so much to the city. So, um, certainly wish him the best but you know they, there's a difference between memorializing someone because they've passed and giving someone prayers uh, you know and this is this is that's the only gripe but I would say uh, thoughts and prayers out to T's and P's to oh yeah T's and P's T's and P's what do you got uh, the, two, the two I have we forgot to mention the Max Scherzer I uh, broke his nose in bunting practice the other day um, and seeing a picture of him now starting tonight against the Phillies, um, which is classic Scherzer, not going to miss a start for anything. I feel like you could cut off his pitching arm and he'd still figure out a way to start his next game. Um, but he has this giant black eye over his right eye. I'm looking at looking at a picture now. Um, the other Greg, though, that we didn't mention was the Matt Carpenter bunt through the shift this is something we've talked about before did you see this 
I did see this, and it reminded me, David Ortiz did something similar. Obviously, he doesn't have the speed of Matt Carpenter, but why don't you explain it? Um, normally, when teams shift, they at least leave one guy on on one side of the field, but this was not the case, correct? Uh, and if it was, it was something where Carpenter put it right up the third baseline, and he ended up getting a double out of it. And it, it kind of snuck it right by him, and, and it's sort of the it makes everybody who's you know argued against the shift or argued against banning shifts is saying, oh, just bunt it, oh, just do this. It really builds into that argument. And I mean, Carpenter figured it out. He's a quick guy, obviously, by being able to get to second base on a ball that barely left the infield. Um, pretty awesome video if you haven't seen it because it's it's this. You see him put it down. You figure, all right, he's gonna get he's gonna get a single, and you watch the ball obviously go go out of the infield. Then all of a sudden, the camera just pans right, and he's there. He has a stand-up double. It's incre- It's incredible. It is incredible. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see how the the ever the everlasting drama of the shift will continue on. But uh, you know, there's one. There's one for your dad who probably is making the argument. Why don't they just bunt? Well, Matt Carpenter did. Um, Greg, anything else in the world of sports we missed, or that you want to talk about? I should say. No, I uh, I'm good. I I pretty usually think it's a great pod. I'm uh, I've been out of the sports world. Um, I think third and girl and you need to recap the NBA season and and talk yeah. about uh, the upcoming. Yeah, once the, dra- yeah, once the draft happens, uh, we might we might have to do a, do a pod like that. That'd be fun to do. I have a couple uh, off season hockey ideas too that we we could discuss off air. Um, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, so it'll be yeah, it'll be a ton of fun. Like uh, like share subscribe review. Oh yeah. yeah. Follow us the bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us and get all of our pods, whether it is me and third and girl talking basketball, me and Greg talking about hockey, baseball, me and Maddie D talking about football, uh, especially with college football previews coming around right around the corner. Um, want to try to get some golf mixed into there too, Greg, uh, obviously just had the U S open, but want to want to try to get, get something like that in. Um, but I'm excited. It's been a pretty awesome year so far. We're obviously almost halfway through 2019. So it's only up from here or continues to go up from here. I think for a lot of different, a lot of different fronts. Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know, sort of a baseball becomes number one after the, uh, you know, after the two drafts for hockey and basketball and then free agency for both starts July one right so july one it's kind of july is is one of my favorite months of the year both in sports and personally since i was born in the month of july and the fourth of july but you go through free agency right into the mlb all-star game to the trade deadline which i think was just a single one this year it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch and, and see everything come through uh so yeah it's gonna be i mean two weeks between july 1st and july 14th basically right through the all-star break are gonna be a whirlwind of things to talk about. So make sure you subscribe to us because we'll have a lot of things to break down. Uh, yeah, agreed. Awesome. All righty. Well, for my man, Greg Piatelli, thank you as always, by the way. I am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Have a great weekend, everybody, and go Phils. Go Sox.